From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. Here's Reverend Dahlia Adams. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. Today we are talking about being in the flow. And when we go through a process of transformation, it is wonderful to find that place within us where we feel like we are flowing and that life is flowing with us, that feeling of being able to move smoothly and effortlessly through whatever is facing us instead of feeling like we're blocked or stopped or struggling against what is. In the flow at this point is an old phrase. It's not necessarily something we people would use today, but there was a time when no one talked about being in the flow. There was a time when that concept wasn't in existence. When I tried to look at what Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, our co-founders, might have said about being in the flow, there was nothing there because in their time, the first half of the 20th century, that wasn't part of the language. But then psychologists started to look at the positive side of psychology, the, the positive side of what makes people tick and what makes for a happy life, what makes for days filled with peace. And in that process of looking beyond just psychological disorders and psychological problems to what it is that pulls people forward to their highest good, the idea of flow evolved. And there's one man who's given quite a bit of credit for it. His name is Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. I think I pronounced that right. It's a difficult name for me. But he, he was from Europe. He was a little boy during World War II. And he watched people who had been living relatively happy lives lose that sense of joy, lose that happiness over the course of the World War. And he watched a tremendous sadness emerge in his town, in his community, in his family. And he became curious out of that, what allows people to be happy? What is it in our lives that allows us to live with a sense of joy? And so he began studying and writing about flow, what he called flow, that ability to move with what is happening in life and keep that, that place within us out of which joy emerges to feel that energy that comes from doing that which is meaningful and enjoyable to, to who we are. The book that he wrote that he's famous for is Flow, the Psychology of Optimal Experience. 
And as he studied both what it is that allows people to be happy, and as he studied the psychology of flow, what he found was many things, but some of the key findings were that when someone is in this state that we call flow, there is a complete immersion in whatever we're doing, a very deep involvement. And if you've ever done something where you felt you lost yourself or you got lost in the process, I know artists who get lost when they're painting or drawing. Time ceases to matter, and they immerse completely in what they're doing, and there is a sense of energy flowing through them. Jack Kornfield, one of my favorite Buddhist teachers, Western Buddhist teachers, said that he was in a, a conference, at a conference once, where psychologists from all over the world, he's also a psychologist, were meeting, and they were standing together, and there was a photograph of them talking, and he noticed that everybody's mouth was open and no one was listening, which just struck him as interesting. But he also said in that conversation that people were sharing their experiences of writing or creating research in psychology or their process of developing new techniques. They all talked about feeling like the, that that idea, that writing, that process did not come from them, but through them. It was almost as if it was there or this energy moved through them and they were a conduit for it, a channel for it, especially when they were talking about writing books. Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, wrote and talked about the same thing. She said that inspiration comes and it's almost like you have to grab it or not so much grab it, but allow it to flow through you when it's there because if you don't allow it to move through you, to be expressed by you, and you come back to it the next day or later that night, it's likely not to be there. And I think most of us have probably had that experience. So when we are in the flow, we have this complete immersion or involvement with what we're doing. There's also a sense of confidence. We don't worry about, am I doing this right? Or what are people going to think? Or how is this going to be received? We simply allow whatever it is that is inspiring us to flow through us. There often is a clarity, a clarity of what we want to say, what music we want to write, what poetry is wanting to move through us. And there is, in addition, a sense of serenity. There's that sense of struggle with whatever the project is, is just not there. So there's a, a serenity, a joy, sometimes even an ecstasy in doing the work or allowing whatever it is that is moving through us to flow. It's meaningful for us now because we've been talking about transformation. We've been talking about changes. And as the COVID 
the virus cases are going down. More and more places in our country are opening up. We're changing from a way of being that we had to learn quickly to a new way of being because we really can never go back to exactly what was. So as we're learning and possibly embracing joyously this new way of being, there are challenges still. Things are new, they are different, they're not working the way they used to. So if we can find that experience of flow, the process of creating once again a new way of being becomes more meaningful, easier, and possibly even more profound. In the Gospel of Thomas, and this is a, a gospel that was not included in the official scriptures, but it's, it was written at the same time that the official gospels were, and it was lost along with other writings, and it was then found in Egypt. It's part of the library of scrolls and writings that were found about 1945. And in the Gospel of Thomas, there, there are no stories about the life of Jesus. It's simply a series of sayings. You know, someone wrote down to the best of their memory what Jesus was saying, and it was usually second or third hand memory. But still, it was a compilation of sayings, and this is saying number 70. And Jesus is quoted as saying, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. So when things are changing, when our world is changing, it's easy to just be bounced around by it. It's easy just to go with whatever is happening without being fully present for what is. And when we're fully present, we allow that which is our deepest truth. That which is within us is our deepest truth. And part of that deepest truth is that we are of God. We are children of God. We are one with God. And when we are centered in that truth and the unique way it expresses through each and every one of us, then there is an energy, a flow that moves through us that allows us to be more than we ever thought we could be. And that's what saves us when we remember who we are, when we align with the creative energy of God, if you will, and you, we allow that to move through us, then we feel the satisfaction of being the truth of who we are, living the truth of who we are. And we feel that serenity, we feel that joy, maybe even that ecstasy. On the other hand, if we don't bring forth what is within us, if we simply rush from one thing to another and react to the demands that are being thrown at us, and that is so easy to do. Oh my gosh, that is easy to do. My life recently has been so busy. 
We are having changes happening at Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. And I find myself going and going and going and going. And it's so easy to fall into that state of just to reacting to what's in front of me. And in those moments, I'm not really bringing forth that deepest truth within me. I'm just bouncing in reaction to what's going on. And then I have to stop and I have to remember to pause and remember the truth of who I am. Because if all I did was bounce in reaction to the immediate demands, I would start feeling part of my spirit destroyed. And that can happen to any of us. It can happen when the changes feel scary or when it feels like the changes that are happening threaten what I want to have happen. We all have a vision of how life is going to resume when most of the ways of being that went with COVID have gone into the background. And it may or may not be that way. So as long as we keep coming back to the truth of our being and flow with the creative energy that is God within us, then we can stay in that sense of confidence, of joy. And if we don't, life gets really, really hard. John Randolph Price, a, a prosperity teacher, he's a spiritual teacher, and he, he basically teaches prosperity or abundance on all levels, not just money, but the abundance of God in our lives. And in his book, The Abundance Book, he says, I simply have to be aware of the flow, the radiation of that creative energy which is continuously and easily and effortlessly pouring forth from my divine consciousness. So he said much more concisely what I was trying to say. It's a matter of staying aware of the presence of God within us, staying aware of the wisdom of God guiding us, staying aware that we are confident because we are of God, and with God, all things are possible. And this teaching, although new to psychology, relatively new, I mean, it's, it's going on a, about 70 years right now, but still, it's a relatively new idea from the 20th century. But it's an ancient teaching by spiritual masters, Lao Tzu, one said, stand like mountain and flow like great river. Great river because there is a greatness within us. And flow because he was referring to this movement of divine energy through us and to flow with it around and past obstacles without being changed. And this great river can look like this river, it looks powerful and peaceful, orderly. It's not climbing up and down the mountains. It, it has its path and it's flowing. 
And there's a sense of strength that I get when I look at that picture of the river. And I, and I, I get a sense of if I could flow like that with that power, with that calm, with that strength, I could flow through any circumstance in my life knowing that that power and strength is of God. You know, sometimes that flowing like a river looks like this. You know, and the river's flowing and it's not neat and orderly. It's pounding and it's breaking up. And sometimes when the flow of the river feels like this, when it looks like this in our mind's eye, when it feels like this, that's when we have to stop. That's when it's important to say, okay, no matter how this river might be acting in the moment, the truth of me is not the chaos. The truth of me is that presence of God within me. Roshi Joan Halifax, a, a Zen priest, a Zen Buddhist priest, a Buddhist teacher. She's also an anthropologist, an instructor, and accomplished in many, many ways. In one of her talks, she said, what, what does it mean to be able to uphold ourselves, to be upright, in the midst of a storm, to be in the eye of the storm. Now, her image is not a flowing river, but it matches the feeling that comes up for me when I looked at those falls and the power and the apparent chaos. I wouldn't want to be in the flow of that river when the water is falling any more than I would want to be in a tropical storm or hurricane. But her question is very valid. You know, what is it that we do to stay who we are, to stay upright, to stay confident, to stay joyous, to stay serene in the face of the storms or in the face of the pounding water? And each of us has skills or tools, and there's thousands of them. I think one of the most important is always to stop and to remember who we are and to remember that wherever we are, God is. For me, that's huge. But sometimes, sometimes that's, that doesn't work. I remember uh, just a few days ago sitting to try to meditate. I think I lasted 10 seconds before that monkey mind was going and the worries and the fears and the what ifs and and I know better, so I try it again. And this time, I think I got it up to 15 seconds. And then I tried again, and I was back down to eight seconds. And so sometimes, a different tool needs to get pulled out of the toolkit. I ended up going for a walk by the water, which for me is one of the most powerful ways of centering. I ended up talking to a very close friend. And that's the wonders of a spiritual community. We can form friendships where when we talk to somebody, that somebody just 
does not egg on our grudges. The person I talked to, I texted her, I said, I need a prayer partner, wise woman, and friend. And so we ended up talking. And what I meant was I did not want someone to, to egg on my fears. I did not want someone to say, oh, no, how can you possibly handle that? I did not want to hear someone say, oh, that's terrible. I wanted someone who could listen and still hear and in her mind's eye see the Christ in me and allow me to see that within myself. There are certain books that I can pull out that help me get centered when I'm in that eight-second mode. And there's on and on, but each of us, each of us has our own list of what works, what helps. And sometimes, sometimes we need to use all of them. But it all serves to bring us back to center. It all serves to bring us back to knowing wherever I am, God is. And when I align with that truth, my energy begins to flow aligned with the creative energy of God. And then I can sit for a long time and just honor that presence of God. And then I am back in that state of flow. In the letters to the Philippians, chapter 3, it's written, One thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Again, in one of those transition situations, it doesn't help to try to cling to what was. Instead, reaching for what is calling, what it is of God that is calling us, and to reach for that prize, and the prize is not necessarily the end goal it's that state of flow that we enter into as we're doing that. When we're clutching for what was, when we're afraid to let go of that, because what if nothing good ever comes again? Then we get stuck, and we're not in the flow, and we end up in that eight-second mode, guaranteed. But as we reach for that which is calling to us, that which is of God, that very reaching brings us into that flow that is the divine energy that moves through us. E.M. Forster, um, an author, 20th century British author, said, we must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. And we're all there just because of this pandemic and the changes around us. We need to reach for the life that is waiting for us, that which is of God that is calling us. And it may or may not match the plans that we've had. 
And it's all good either way. Or Michael Singer, he's um, an author that we've studied here at Unity of the Valley. He said, I was gradually learning that what life was not as fragile as that voice in my head would have me believe. Because really, when we are trying to do this on our own, from that small sense of self that we get into sometimes, we are very fragile. Sometimes it doesn't take much to have us come apart. But we're not that fragile because that is not the truth of our being. When we are aligned in the truth of God's presence, we are aligned with the strength, the power, the wisdom, the love that is God. And as we practice this, using those tools that we have, as we keep coming back to it, as we surrender to God, his whole book was about surrendering to God. As we do that, through these changes that are facing all of us, we are no longer fragile. We are confident. We are strong. We are clear. We are joyous. We are at peace. And then Jack Gilbert, another author, he said, we must risk delight. We must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. So we must demand the good in what is happening. One of our New Thought teachers, Emma Curtis Hopkins, said that no matter what we're facing, to stamp our feet and say, I demand to see the good in this. Or maybe better yet, I demand to see God in this. God is not our hardships, but God is the strength that carries us through. God is the inspiration that allows us to create something new. God is the peace in which we rest. And God is the joy that is the gift of this process. So I leave you with this affirmation. I am in the flow, aware of the divine energy that expresses through me now. And so it is. Thank you for listening to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org. Just be.